journal Case Reports 2022. I'm Dr Jenny Han, podcast editor. Today, I'll be talking about a case report by Sebastian Dont, Yves Van Bellegum, Julie de Zayated, and Els van der Castelli from the University of Ghent, Belgium, titled An Eye-Opening Case Report of Constrictive Pericarditis. Constrictive pericarditis is when the pericardium is stiff, leading to impaired diastolic function and ultimately to congestive cardiac failure. It normally presents with typical symptoms of heart failure, such as fluid overload. However, in this case report, we will see how the first presentation can be something quite unusual. The case. A 35-year-old woman presented to the ophthalmologist with floaters and reduced vision. She had no significant past medical history and had no shortness of breath. On general examination, the jugular venous pressure, JVP, was not raised and there was no peripheral edema. On examination of the eyes, there was bilateral exudative retinal detachment and dilated episcleral veins. Initial blood tests were all in the reference range, besides the mildly elevated gamma GT of 51 units per litre. Autoimmune and viral screens were negative. The team performed a chest x-ray, lumbar puncture, MRI, magnetic resonance imaging of the brain, and cerebral angiography to exclude carotid cavernous fistula. But this did not show any causal disease. She was started on steroids, but after one month, there were no changes on fundoscopy. A PET CT scan, positron emission tomography and computerised tomography, was done to rule out paraneoplastic disease and showed a nutmeg liver consistent with congestive hepatomegaly with associated perihepatic fluid and a slightly thickened and calcified pericardium. Transthoracic echocardiogram showed dilatation of the IVC, inferior vena cava, with reduced collapsibility, but no other signs of pulmonary hypertension, and there was normal diastolic function. A CT pulmonary angiogram ruled out a pulmonary embolus. As the non-invasive investigations did not fit with the clinical findings of venous congestion, a right heart catheter was arranged. This showed high-end diastolic equalised, meaning within 5mm of mercury, pressures in all four chambers. There was normal cardiac output. The square root sign was seen, meaning the waveform of pressure measurements in diastole followed a dip and plateau pattern. All of these features suggested constricted pericarditis and surgical pericardiectomy was done. The sample taken during this showed some element of fibrosis but no other significant abnormalities. After this procedure, the symptoms of floaters and reduced vision resolved over the course of several months. Discussion. In this case, we heard about a case of constricted pericarditis, which presented in an unusual manner with visual symptoms. In this discussion, I will talk about the causes and pathophysiology of constricted pericarditis the typical presentation compared to this case, investigation findings, and management. Constrictive pericarditis is when the pericardium has reduced elasticity, 
which impairs cardiac filling and leads to diastolic heart failure. It can be caused by many different pathologies. Worldwide, the most common cause is tuberculosis. In Europe and North America, the majority of cases have been classified as idiopathic or iatrogenic, such as from previous cardiac surgery and radiotherapy. It may also arise after acute viral pericarditis, where progression onto chronic constrictive pericarditis occurs in less than 1% of patients. Other causes include rheumatological disorders, malignancy, or bacterial infection. Normally, patients present with symptoms of fluid overload, such as shortness of breath on exertion and peripheral edema. They may also report palpitations and fatigue, or signs of congestive hepatopathy, such as ascites or abdominal discomfort. The patient in this case report unusually presented with venous congestion symptoms in the eyes first, without any symptoms of systemic fluid overload, such as elevated JVP. Normally, examination of the JVP in constrictive pericarditis shows a steep wide descent and Kussmaul sign, where the JVP rises with inspiration. Clinical examination of this patient did not reveal anything on auscultation, but a typical feature is a pericardial knock in early diastole when filling of the ventricle suddenly stops. Initial investigations should include blood tests, which may show deranged liver function tests due to congestive hepatopathy. In this patient, the only deranged test was a mildly elevated gamma-GT, which may be suggestive of this. BMP, brain natriuretic peptide, may be less elevated than in other causes of heart failure, as there is less wall stretch. In this patient, targeted neurological investigations were carried out due to the presentation with visual symptoms, but these are not standard for constrictive pericarditis. Chest x-ray and ECGs can also be helpful, but can be normal. On echocardiogram, the ventricular septum can be seen to shift due to dynamic changes with inspiration and expiration. In someone with a normal pericardium, when they breathe in, there is increased venous return and the right ventricle expands. However, in constrictive pericarditis, the right ventricle cannot expand except with a shift of the ventricular septum into the left ventricular space, leading to reduced left ventricular filling and output. The reverse happens in expiration, where there is preferential left heart filling, and the ventricular septum shifts towards the right ventricle. Echocardiograms can also show a preserved medial E' velocity, which was seen in this patient. Further imaging, such as CT, and MRI can help. And a pericardial thickness of 4 mm is predictive of constrictive pericarditis, though up to 20% of patients with normal thickness can still develop constrictive pericarditis. The CT on this patient also shows a nutmeg liver, which is when there is a perfusion abnormality due to hepatic venous congestion. If non-invasive investigations do not show a cause, heart catheterization may help. Classical features of constrictive pericarditis 
include the typical square root sign in the right and left ventricle tracing, meaning there is rapid diastolic filling, which suddenly stops due to the inelastic pericardium. There is also elevated central venous pressure and intracardiac pressures, and the diastolic filling pressures in both right and left ventricle are near equal, which was seen in this case report. These features may also be seen in restrictive cardiomyopathy, so the distinguishing feature for constrictive pericarditis, like on echocardiogram, is a presence of discordant variation of right and left ventricular pressures during the respiratory cycle. In this case, the authors noted that the patient was anxious during the procedure and required sedatives, so rigorous Valsalva testing could not be done. The treatment of constrictive pericarditis depends on if it's subacute or chronic. Some cases resolve spontaneously or respond to colchicine and NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. If there is evidence of an inflammatory component, such as on MRI, steroids may help before pericardial fibrosis develops. However, in the majority of cases, constrictive pericarditis is chronic and progressive. Diuretics may help with symptoms, and generally beta blockers and calcium channel blockers should be avoided, as the sinus tachycardia that commonly occurs in constriction has a compensatory function to maintain cardiac output in the setting of fixed diastolic filling. The definitive curative management is surgical pericardiectomy, and as much of the pericardium should be removed as possible to reduce the risk of recurrence. However, the perioperative mortality for patients with advanced disease or left ventricular dysfunction is as high as 60%. So a partial pericardiectomy or a pericardial window approach may be used in those with advanced disease. Overall, the significant part of this case is the fact that constricted pericarditis can present with floaters and vision loss. Due to this atypical presentation, the time from first symptom to the definitive management of pericardiectomy for this patient was seven months. After pericardiectomy, most patients have complete resolution of cardiac hemodynamics, though abnormal diastolic filling patterns can persist for months and is more likely to persist in those with a longer history of symptoms prior to the operation. Fortunately, despite this delay, this patient made a full recovery. The authors have highlighted the following learning points. Floaters and vision loss can be presenting symptoms of venous congestion. If non-invasive evaluation is inconclusive or discordant with clinical findings suggestive of constrictive pericarditis, hemodynamic assessment by cardiac catheterization should be performed. Thank you to the authors of this case report for highlighting this fascinating case for us. And thank you for listening to European Heart Journal Case Reports Podcasts. References used to create this podcast and the original case report are available online. Visit academic.oup.com forward slash EHJCR for other interesting case reports. Music is Computer by State Shirt 